0: Hey, Dean. Hey, Wags. What you doing? I'm ready to drink. All right. From Barney's Legends podcast, we've got a uh, former professional bartender here. Wags, what are you thinking? Uh, I think today we should bake a Bernie Blast. And of course, we're going to be using Leap Spirits vodka. And uh, then let's just go ahead and get started here, Dave, shall we? So sure. let's do it. First of all, what we're going to do is we're going to put one and a half ounces of OJ in the bottom of an empty glass. So this is like a health drink then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to just cover that with ice. And then, now we're going to move over to the side. And uh, we could come in here and take a close look. Uh, we're going to pour in uh, ingredients successively in separate mixing glass. We've got our vodka. Your choice of blue Caraco. Blue Caraco? Absolutely. Do they have green and gold Caraco, do you know? Uh, I, I, I don't think it would be necessary for green and gold. Um, as much as I love where your head's at, Dane, it's blue. And then we're going to put in some ginger ale, four and a half ounces of lemonade. All right, and now we're ready to mix. So if you have a mixer, we can just pour ahead. This is an old bartender trick when you're at your tailgate. Just pour it back and forth. We've got our main drink glass with the OJ. We're ready to go. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to drink some of this leaf spirit, dog. whatever it's in, it's going to be really good. I know that. All right. And finally, we are going to garnish with a lemon twist. Okay, there's the gold portion of our green gold. I like it. There you go, Dan. Thanks, Mike. Let me have a sip. Delicious smooth leap spirits vodka. Terrific. Thank you, eggs. Absolutely. Cheers. Go back out.
1: Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show sure with no mercy cut and no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will All right, welcome into Lombardi's Legends, aka tonight's Darkness Retreat. I am Wagstradamus, and joining me as always is Dane. Tonight, We are going to embrace the inner weird. We've got to try to figure out what's going on with our current starting quarterback. And uh, we're going to use the mystic powers of darkness to try to predict who the Packers are going to re-sign this offseason.
2: Indeed, Wags. I'm going to keep it extra dark down here in the podcast room tonight as we try to figure out what in the world the Packers do with free agents And what we do um, with the cap and everything else going on in Green Bay, it's going to be a mindful and very enlightening podcast here tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, Dane, I think, you know, we did our position um, reviews in the last couple of of podcasts. But um, I think tonight what we want to do is dig a little bit deeper. So to set the stage maybe we should talk about how much money can the packers realistically get under the cap and there's so many different scenarios because it depends is rogers back is he not back and then we go on down the line with some of these other guys so even before getting to our free uh, agent list uh, we've got to figure out if if you're going to put our gm cap on what will the Packers do depending on which route they want to go, which path do they want to follow? If they bring Rodgers at all back, uh, are they going to try to do what they've done in the past couple off seasons, which is do a bunch of restructuring, try to free up some money, and then maybe make some moves on the margins and get creative with uh, some of the uh, re-signings that they do uh, by, you know, front-loading contracts, uh, putting in some different bonus stipulations, different ways that uh, Russ Ball and Goody have been able to work together uh, to uh, resigned some of the guys that they bought back the last couple of seasons. Uh but Dane, I, I think I'm just gonna ask you right off the bat. Um, you know, we don't expect, I don't think, that this is gonna be a rollback off season. Um that said, um I think uh that's a, a good place to start. So um if you uh had to make a prediction, what percentage likelihood do you think that the Packers look at this and say you know what? Let's do the same type of plan that we followed the last couple of off seasons, restructure, try to free up as much cash as we can, bring everyone back and see if we can make some moves on the margins.
2: Yeah, I think like ten percent, realistically. Um, I think that the Packers are looking to make some significant changes this off season. It feels different this year than it has in the last couple of years. And that frankly could be one of the biggest reasons um that um Aaron Rodgers isn't quite interested in, in sticking around, right? Potentially. Um, is uh, I think that it, it's probably pretty clear he'd like to see some of his dudes back with him. He's a vet. He wants to see vets around him. And the Packers might be, it might come down to, hey, we'd love to have you back, Aaron, but we're going to do things the way we need to do it. We need to bring in some fresh blood at some pretty key positions. And that doesn't um, mesh very well um, with um, some of the relationships with some of the guys he has on the roster. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all, Wags, um, if we see some pretty significant wholesale changes across the board on this team this year.
1: Okay. And I do want to point out that given the option to restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract, that could save them just under $11 million against uh, the cap this season in 2023, and then 20000000 2024-2024, 20, almost 25 million, 2025. Uh, So that's the duration of the contract that he signed last offseason. Um, and I know that you're looking at that escalating cap number, uh, especially after this year goes to 40 million and then 59 million, um, in 2025. But with the restructure, that gets it to a pretty palatable number. So clearly this contract was set up and it was designed to say, we can reevaluate after one year uh, into this contract. And if the Packers want to go their way, uh, they have ways to do it. They're still going to take a pretty steep cap penalty uh, this next offseason If they move Aaron Rodgers, no matter how they try to do it. Uh, But if they say, you know what? Things are good. Let's bring this back. Aaron, you're going to retire as a Packer. It's Jordan Love that's getting traded. Um, There's ways to make the end of that contract and the cap number for Aaron Rodgers somewhat palatable if that is indeed the route that one would want to go, try to go. So um pointing out that I, I think it all hinges, though, on Aaron. Is that mm. safe to say, Dane? Yeah. Um, He's I, I don't the driver. See...
0: Yeah, right. there's I, no doubt about they
1: it. Might I still, I think either way, Aaron Jones is going to be restructured, uh, because I see him coming back next, uh, uh season. They'll restructure him. That's 10 million that they can save right there. Um, uh, there's probably a couple other guys that you look at, uh, that you're going to say they're probably going to restructure. You, me- you mentioned, uh, Campbell. I, I see that as, as probably a move that they decide to, to make to bring him back. Um, but. Uh, there's other moves here where you say, well, first, let's make a decision on Aaron Rodgers, and then um th- th- some of these other guys will figure out whether we want to kick the can or whether it makes more sense uh, to try to just stick with what we have, and maybe they move on either in training camp or after next season.
2: Mhm mhm. No, I think that's I think that's a good point point. and I think the other thing that I just can't stress enough is there seems to be a narrative out there that if the if Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback of the Packers and they trade him away that they just blow it up and they're cutting guys like Aaron Jones and I just don't think that's realistic. Um if if you bring in Jordan Love, you're trying to set him up to succeed and you're going to keep some of the other talent around him. So uh, you know, I've seen some national media talking about Aaron Jones getting getting the axe potentially this offseason. I I'd be absolutely flabbergasted if Aaron Jones isn't a member of the Packers this year. They're gonna they're gonna wanna set Jordan up to succeed and and have some some talent and some skill around him. In addition to some of the restructures, also a huge piece could be uh, an extension to Rashawn Gary. A contract extension to somebody like Rashawn uh, could free up uh, around $7 million in cap space there as well. So, Wags, it's not only some of the existing veteran contracts on there, but also um, kind of a win-win scenario as far as I'm concerned. You extend one of the best players on the team and you get some cap relief uh, as well. So that that's another route. And I'd be pretty surprised if Rashawn Gary and the Packers don't come to some kind of um, agreement here this offseason to extend him and keep him in Green Bay for a long time in the future.
0: I agree with you. And so I think, you know,
1: between Aaron Jones, Rashawn Gary, um Campbell, and, and a couple of these other guys that they can restructure, uh, um, those probably are, are that's the most realistic path that I would see. Um now, I did mention Dane putting on a truly tinfoil hat um uh, tonight, uh, which I don't know if I could make this any weirder, but what if the Packers decided that you know what? If we're moving on from Rogers, we're we're realistically not going to be competing for a Super Bowl in twenty twenty-three. And you don't know about Jordan Love yet. You're gonna give him a year to make that decision. Dane, it looks like your darkness retreat may have come to you an abrupt halt. Oh, yeah. I don't know what just happened. The <laughs> lights kind
2: of cranked up, so keep going, Wags. I'm gonna turn this darkness back down in here.
1: Well, what I'm wondering is, would it make sense both from a cap relief standpoint and uh, from an asset management standpoint for the Packers to consider doing some post-June 1st trades? Now, you might say, that's crazy. They'll never do that. They want to have draft capital back for this upcoming draft. Teams don't usually trade players and wait until the next season's draft. Uh, But hear me out. If if they decide Aaron Rodgers um, can be traded post June 1st and the the picks aren't for this draft. Now what you're doing is you're saying, okay, let's let's still see what Jordan Love can do. But if he doesn't work out, we're going to have extra picks in 2024 and you can go into that draft and completely rebuild. And go in and get an, another quarterback if, if Jordan Love's not the guy. Um, you can also have a lot more cap flexibility, um, to really get out from some of these other guys like David Bakhtiari. Um, and even as much as I love him and Aaron Jones, um, Aaron Jones is 28 years old. Uh, I, I think, uh, we're probably looking at a guy that is awesome as he has been as a Packer. Um, realistically, uh, we might be getting another year or two out of him in in Green Bay uniform. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And and perhaps he can extend his career and be productive in Green Bay beyond that. But his timetable probably just doesn't really match up with what the timetable of some of the other young guys that they're going to have on this roster, especially for the position he plays at running back, Uh, if they do indeed turn things over to Jordan Love, uh, for this year and then make a decision on Jordan Love for 2024 and beyond after this season. Um, so it, it's, it seems to me that a potential, another option is uh, even though I don't think you'd get a lot of assets, uh, for trading Aaron Jones, uh, that's another route because uh that could actually save them sixteen million against the cap this year. Uh so as as slim of a reality as I think that is, what if they decide, let's let's do these trades post June 1, stock up on draft picks and assets for 2024, uh, and then use 2020 23 as a True evaluation season and an opportunity um, going into next off season to get out from under some of these uh, dead weight contracts that are starting to stock up here at the end of the term. Um, so if you want to get really really, um, I think, um, uh, harsh in terms of some of the decision-making that this front office can do. Uh, that is another route that I hadn't considered, but looking at the structure of some of these contracts and what they could potentially get and kind of evening out what the timeline would be for that true rebuild, I, I think it could make some sense. Now, if Jordan loves a guy, now you've got all kinds of extra picks, and he's going into his second year as a starter, uh, which is where you would really expect to see him make a jump, um a la a Jalen Hurts this season.
2: Hmm. I'm, I'm speechless. I mean, it's possible though. I mean, anything's possible right now. This is a crossroads year, I think, for the Green Bay Packers. Do they want to double down on what happened last year? Um, do they want to retool or is it a true rebuild? And those, those are all three are options right now. I think it remains to be seen, but Wags, um, you know, I don't expect the answers to come really soon, but they're going to have to come sooner rather than later.
1: All right. So for the sake of our scenario, so we could get into some of the free agents that we have. Uh, Dane, could we agree that it seems like Aaron Rodgers probably leading towards trading? Uh, that'll add nine million against the, the cap with the additional dead money. Um, and then uh, I see Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones as restructures. Jair Alexander might be a restructure. Um, and then Rashawn Gary as an extension. So yeah. that really, um, after you add Aaron Jones, of so 25 million over the cap, restructuring those three guys and extending Gary. Um, that's, that gets you about 36 million or so in savings. So you're about. Ten or eleven million under the cap, and then you've got Preston, uh, Preston Smith Preston, uh, as another Debandre. option. Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari is another option to restructure DeAndre Campbell. Um, so, though maybe they kind of save those as as options, just because those are guys. Maybe you don't necessarily want to restructure right away, depending on how things uh, kind of play out in free agency and, and how things are playing out from an asset management perspective. But um, with those moves. Generally speaking, the Packers should be around, uh, 12 to 20 million or so, uh, under the cap. Um, and I think that's realistically probably what we're looking at. Um, so not a ton of money. Um, and I don't think the Packers are going to be going out and making any splashes, uh, and going out and signing external free agents, maybe just on the fringes. So, uh, I think it's important to just look at the guys that they have, um, and, Make some tough decisions to figure out who we bring back uh, and try to build around a Jordan-led, love-led team uh, versus who we say, thanks, it's been great, but you're not in our plans anymore moving forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to be frugal, right? And I mean, I I think that um, I want to be clear that tonight, this podcast, as we're sitting here in the darkness, contemplating the Packers' future in our darkness retreat, This isn't, we're not speaking with our hearts. We're speaking with um, what I think is realistic, uh, what the Packers are going to do with some of these guys. Um, You know, taking emotion out of it and looking at how realistic do we think the Packers, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah,
1: for sure. So, Dane, I think, why don't we get into our free agents? I'm going to start. First guy on the list I have is uh, Adrian Amos, free safety Mm -hmm. Uh, now Adrian's going to be 30 years old, um, going into next season. Uh, I think he's been a productive Packer overall. He was one of those guys that, um, Goody went out and aggressively signed as an outside free agent when he came to the Packers. Um, and I think this was an up and down season. So we don't need to get into litigating performance right. per se, but. Um, as we sit here today, uh, if considering if the Packers, let's just call it an even 20 million uh, to be able to sign some guys and uh, subtracting about five or six million, for the draft ca- uh, class, do you see Adrian Amos as fitting in uh, with the Packers plans going into next season?
2: You know, he's a fascinating one. I could see the team going either way with him, um, especially with the void years that have happened. Um, you know, they're already owing him some money. Um, but what I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. I think the Packers are going to move on from Adrian Amos. Um, this is a safety group that they're going to probably be in full-on um, restructure mode here. Um Either, I I just, I don't see this being the same safety group as it was last year. So is Darnell Savage back? Is he going to be, you know, all this feeds in, is Darnell Savage now the nickel uh, for the Packers and no longer a safety? A lot of question marks, but I will say that I thought that 2022 was a very difficult year for Adrian Amos, not only physically where it looked like maybe a step had been lost, but also um, more confusion in the defensive backfield than I can recall in, in past years. All of that adds up. Uh, to me uh, that I think the Packers are going to look to start fresh uh, at this position group. And Adrian Amos, they're they're going to say thank you. It's been awesome. It was a great signing when he came. He earned every penny in his time in Green Bay, but it's time to move on. I think the Packers are going to, to move on from Adrian Amos.
1: I, I can't disagree with you, Dane. I think the Packers, this is a position where they're going to want to go younger. Um, Darnell Savage's Uh, kind of up and down performance this past season notwithstanding i expect that they're going to invest in the draft and uh, maybe even uh, look to bring in someone on the margins Uh, they've had some success bringing guys in i I mentioned brazil douglas as a potential option uh, to move to safety Uh, they've got a lot of talent in the corner room so maybe they double down, uh, bring in more young talent at both corner and safety uh, and just uh, build a competition out that way. But I don't think Adrian Amos is based on his age uh, and probably his uh, price tag uh, which may, uh, may not be too bad, uh, just but the Packers just don't have the money, uh, and I don't think he's a priority for them moving into next season.
2: Yeah, and he's been great. It sucks. I, so this is like a great example of a guy that I've loved um, on the team. He t- completely um, solidified a group that was so up and down a number of years ago, but um, it is a business side thing too, and it, yeah, I think you couldn't have said it better.
1: Yeah, Dane, um, I don't know if you need some time to contemplate the next one, but, um, if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers not being on the team next year, uh, I don't know that we have to spend a lot of time thinking about whether the Packers are going to re-sign Randall Cobb. Uh, yeah. that said, I will turn it over to you. Any thoughts on Randall? Uh, maybe more so just, um, Maybe just a, a nice send-off in your yeah. thoughts because um I know how much Randall has meant to the Packers organizations and fans like you and I. Um so I, I think realistically we sort of know where this one's going.
2: Yeah, love Randall. One of the greats uh to to to, to suit up as a Green Bay Packer. Um, but I'll I'll just say whether Aaron's back or not, I think that this is a, a spot that could probably be um, more well utilized uh, with with some uh, younger talent uh, on the roster, or through the draft, or, or through free agency in a developmental role. Um, he ha- he flashed again this last year. I thought Wags he performed extremely well um, in, in moments for the Packers and was helpful in moving the chains. But I I think that it's probably um, time for the Packers to move on. They're going to be moving on from Randall Cobb, but one of the absolute legends, uh, in Green Bay and, um, always be grateful for all the stuff that he did. I'll never forget that opening kickoff uh for him his his rookie year we took that to the house and so many big moments always a tough player played through so many injuries for this team in critical moments love Randall Cobb but uh I do not see him in the 2023 cards for the Packers
1: all right I've got to interrupt because John Doran in the chat hey John how's it going says trade Bakhtiari Rogers Douglas but but I I don't John what's what's the deal was you like come on man um so you know, it, it seems like an easy solution. Here's what I'll say, though, John, and anyone else listening: Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, Bakhtiari. Um, they actually go further under the, over the cap. Over the cap, uh, yeah. So it, it's it's weird the way that Rogers' contract is structured. I'm not saying they won't trade Rodgers because that. Clearly, I think they're just going to eat it. I just to mm-hmm. be clear, I do think Rodgers will be traded. Um, Bakhtiari. It, as much as I earlier this season thought this would be Bakhtiari's last season as a Packer, um, I'm not sure how trading him makes sense from a financial perspective because he, you, you trade, if you trade him or you cut him, it's only saving you five million against the cap and you're eating 23 million. Um, so I, I guess <laughs> to me, even if, uh, uh, Bakhtiari only plays 12 games next season, he's probably worth more. To the Packers than he is to not have him on the team, uh, especially with a young quarterback. So, um, so I, I get the frustration with those guys and it's time to, to move on. But I, I think Bakhtiari actually, as surprising as I am, say this is more likely to be back next season than not, uh, just given uh, the financial stipulations for trying to trade or cut him at this point. So unless there's a team out there, that wants to pony up and give up a bunch of draft assets for David. And, um, I, I don't see that happening. Um, and I, I just don't see that there would be a lot of, uh, value on the market for teams wanting to trade for David Bakhtiari as good as he is when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude, he's, he's got chronic knee issue and he's getting up there in age. So I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of demand out there to make that happen, but I could be wrong. We'll see. Um, Dane, any, any thoughts on, on no, that proposal there though? By I John? think you're
2: right. I mean, I, I think that Bach's more than likely back um, with the caveat, if they blow it up and they blow it up big, they being the Packers front office, then pretty much anybody's on the chopping block potentially. Um, but that would be a huge blow up if they're doing that with Bakhtiari too, I would agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see if it was actually saving the money against the cap. And again, I, I think I still think it's more likely Rodgers is traded and they'll just eat that. But I don't know that it makes sense to start doing that up and down the roster with the David Bakhtiari, you know, with the Preston Smith, with some of these other veterans where it just doesn't really move the needle from yeah. a financial savings perspective um and unless i'm miscalculating what the potential value of those guys would be to other teams i'm not sure that the assets that you're getting back in return make it all that worthwhile from a packer's perspective um so anyway so john thanks for the comment yeah, i you same know same i way, I'm, i think it's open to going some of these directions and trying to to shift some moves on this roster uh but um you know, we're, we're certainly trying to look at it from all angles here. So we'll see what, we'll definitely see what happens. And, um, look, we've been surprised, uh, often sure enough has. with the Packers in the offseason. So Dane, going back then to that free agency list, um, after Randall Cobb, uh, another guy that we were pretty surprised, uh, was actually on the team, not only last year, but two years ago. And that's Dean Lowry. I thought he was going to get cut a couple of uh, times at the end of training camp. Um, uh, so. Not only do I not expect Dean Lowry to be back, all respect to Dean. I'd be pretty frustrated mm-hmm. if the Packers brought him back. Um, clearly, they need to go young, and, and this was a youth movement on the <clears throat> defensive line. It was a short period of time, I grant you, uh, but it looked like the defensive line really gelled and up their performance in the last few games of the season once Dean Lowry was out. Uh, they weren't a perfect uh, defensive line, uh, particularly against the run at the end of the season, but they sure showed a, a lot more flashes of what they could do. Um, so I think it's time for Dean to move on, unless you have any disagreement with we'll me on that one,
2: Dan. No, I mean, th- this was a, a classic example of, there's kind of a logjam going on there with Dean Lowry, the one who's getting those snaps, and we were able to see um i think a couple young guys in TJ Slayton and Devonte Wyatt um who were showing the potential and the reason that the packers uh, drafted both of them Slayton you know a couple years ago um a little bit later in the draft and then certainly Devonte Wyatt with a first round pick and we saw reason why both of those guys uh were invested in by the Green Bay Packers TJ Slayton becoming a very strong run defender, uh, which is what he was drafted for and what we were hoping to see out of him. Very active uh, player there. And then Devontae Wyatt, man, I'll tell you what, in limited steps, you can see all the talent in the world in a guy like that. You really can. I mean, it is hard to pop as a defensive lineman in that defense. And he popped a number of times in extremely limited snaps. It's exciting to know that Devontae Wyatt is a member of the Green Bay Packers. And pairing those two with Kenny Clark, I think that that's the future right there, Wags. And I think that you can make some serious hay with those three guys and maybe a couple tweaks here and there on the roster with this defensive line. So I agree, Dean Lowry. For, I honestly think the Packers probably kept Dean Lowry about two years too long, even though he had a really nice year two years ago. Um, they kept him around. A, far longer than I expected them to. And it's certainly time with the contract up for the Packers to move on.
0: For sure.
1: All right. So I think the last guy here before we take a break, um, that's again, kind of in that timeline mode is Mason Mm -hmm. Crosby. You've already shared some of your thoughts on Mason and that it seems like they bought in an awful lot of guys in the last couple of seasons. Uh, Yes. Part of that was managing the roster during the height of pandemic. Uh, I, I understand that. But it seems like they've had de facto tryouts for a ton of different kickers over the last two seasons. And I don't know if they found anyone uh, that they (laughs) might bring back and truly compete for a roster spot uh, going into next year. However, um, it seems like they've been poking around trying to figure out, okay, what are our options post Mason Crosby for a year mm-hmm. or two now? And based on the fact that Mason, again, love Mason, 30, going to be 39 uh, next season um, and kickers can go forever. I get it. But I, I think it makes sense that if you're going to kind of reset things here uh, that. You want to bring in another kicker and then hopefully you find that the right kicker. And if in two seasons, Jordan love again, if Jordan loves the guy, maybe not next year so much, but two years from now in 2024, 2025, uh, if you're want to getting back into the mix, getting into playoff contention and, and really trying to see what type of team you can build and put together to compete down the stretch. Uh, you're probably going to want to feel comfortable with a kicker that's shown that they can do it in Lambo late in the season. And the only way to do that is to bring in someone new to do it next season when maybe the stakes are going to be a little bit lower uh, in realistically. I, I don't want to make it sound like they have no chance next season because listen, um, you know, teams can rebuild in a hurry in in this league, uh, but I'm just trying to be very rational and realistic in this approach. And for that reason, I agree with your earlier comments uh, from a couple episodes ago on Mason Crosby Day. Mm -hmm. And I think, sadly, he's probably played his last game as a Packer as well.
2: Yeah. And that one hurts a ton. He's just so many big moments, but I mean, to your point, the Packers already have, uh they signed a guy, Parker White, a uh, kicker sitting on the roster right now. And that's even before they had to the free agency in the draft. Clearly they're looking to add um, kickers, wags. I mean, there, there are times where they had three kickers on the roster. Right, they had guys active at different points to do kickoff. I, I think Crosby, such an act when he's on, such a great bad weather kicker. One of the best bad weather kickers I can remember. I mean, you know, Vinatieri was amazing, but but Mason Crosby hit so many. Big kicks and big moments for the Packers, but, um, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And when we know that the Packers are in a financial crunch the way that they are with the cap as well, I just don't know how they're spending three, four million dollars a year on a kicker. Um, that's. You know, getting a little bit older, um, with a team that may or may not be as competitive as they were a couple of years ago. It just, that doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make, you know, football sense probably either. It would crush me to see Mason Crosby in another uniform. Um, but. Um again, that's what we get being fans of NFL football teams is, you know, that's part of the business. So uh, I agree. Uh, it's the Packers are going to move on for Mason Crosby. And in fact, my job would probably hit the floor if Crosby's back next year, um, just based on the financials of it alone
1: yeah for sure so dane i think that kind of might there might be a couple of other guys we agree on but I, to me yeah. that takes care of some of the consensus uh that i i figured are kind of no-brainers again in this scenario that rogers is indeed traded and we're going to kind of move on um than some of these other veteran guys it doesn't make sense and i think a couple of them even if rogers does for somehow, some way, uh, come back to Green Bay. Uh, a guy like Dean Lowry, I do not see coming back. Adrian Amos maybe a little bit more, um, uh, desirable in a situation like that. Uh, but, um, certainly, uh, they're going to make some moves and, and try to, to get younger, uh, where they can either way. So, um, uh, Dan, let's take a quick break and then, then folks stick with us because we're going to do, we're going to get into some of the guys I think maybe that. Could go either way, so I, I'm kind of anxious to see that. Uh, yeah. But first, let's talk about our sponsors. Now. Um, so, folks, are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports this Sunday? DraftKings Sportsbook is uh, ready and re- set to go, uh, and they have all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly, plus. All customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Bowl boost. Uh, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern and 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific. See what prop bet will be boosted.
2: Yeah, oh, man. So that's five to eight PM central time here in Wisconsin, folks. And I'll tell you what, Wags, this is going to be a super fun matchup. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually going to watch the Super Bowl this year. Most years I boycott it, uh, just based on principle. Um, but this year I just think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, Chiefs versus Eagles to the, to the great quarterbacks right now in the NFL are going to be slinging it. Um, and I'll tell you what. It's going to be an entertaining game. I'm pretty confident of that. But with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, it can be even that much more fun, right? Because you can place bets on all different things, prop bets, um, you know, players, teams, everything that you can imagine. It's just so much fun. So just go, folks! Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN.
1: All right. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So, Dane, uh, getting back, folks, to our darkness retreat and we're going to be predicting here yes. a couple of the uh, other Packers free agents. And Dane, I think uh, before we got on, we talked about um, how we could do this and, and to, to really set the mood, I think we're going to have to have some, some contemplative music to to go along with thinking about some of these picks to really channel this, uh this darkness uh, mysticism that we're trying to tap into. Um, and, so Dane, I'm just going to name the next guy on my list. Yeah. And we, we know he's going for some big money. Uh, apparently he thinks he's going to be worth 15 to 17 million per year on the yeah. open market. It's, it's our de facto number one receiver yeah. coming into this past season, Alan Lazard. So. Dane, as we get this music going here, what what are you thinking? What are you contemplating? What, what's it telling you mm. about the future of Alan Lazard
2: mm. in Green Bay? No chance in hell the Packers pay him that amount of money to play receiver in Green Bay. If they traded Devontae and, you know, some of the other guys that have gone, MVS went. I just don't see the Packers um, getting anywhere close to Alan Lazard. Um, You know, awesome story. Right. Dude signed off of the Jaguars practice squad, joined the Packers practice squad, worked his way up. You got to love the guy. Right. He's a Green Bay kind of dude. You like that about him. Um, hard nosed, great blocker, all of that stuff, but it's not a number one receiver. The wide receiver market is bonkers right now. As they decide to move on, I think Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Torre are the future uh the wide receiver group, uh, with whoever else also adds on. But um, I just don't think the Packers are gonna be invest anywhere near. That kind of money for Alan Lazard, but uh, more power to him if he can get anywhere near that. I wish him well. He's been really fun to watch. It's been fun to watch him grow, but he will not be a Green Bay Packer this year.
1: Well, let's just assume that he even would get that. Do you really think anyone else would pay that much for Alan Lazard at this point?
2: No, I don't think he's going to get that, but I still think he's going to be priced out. I think, what did MVS get last year? I can't remember, but I I keep hearing that he's going to hit that, if not more. And if that's the case, that's still too rich for our blood.
1: So realistically, he'll probably get more than the Packers would want to pay, no matter what. But let's say the price is more like that eight to nine million a year range is it it, i don't know that that would actually be the level that they could get alan but uh now are we talking about something realistic or are you still saying nope i think it's time to go with the youth movement get uh uh, maybe another young guy or two in the draft to compete with the those young guys you mentioned and and move on
2: um same, yeah. I, I don't think he's, I just don't see a future with Alan Lazard in Green Bay. Um, it, that is what it comes down to. Obviously, there's a price for everyone, but I don't think that they're going to meet it anywhere near what, what, what he's going to get, yeah.
1: All right, very good. So, I think you I agree, agree with you. yeah, I do agree with you. So, I think we still have retained consensus. So, Dane, uh, moving then uh, into our next guy as we get this music queued back up again, uh, we've got. Robert Cunyian Jr. Mm. Hi, Dad. And I'm very I, you know, curious. I know you're really high on Cunyon. Um Injured uh, years ago. I don't know. He, he, he seemed to be quieter this season. Uh, doesn't have quite that same burst. Getting up there a little bit in age. Um, Going to be 29 next year. Mm-hmm. Robert Cunyian, Dan. Uh, what do you think is DM the future of the Green Bay Packers?
2: So I look big picture at the tight end group across the league. And when I look at it, you know, Packer fans and fans of a lot of teams are like, oh, we just got to go find our our Kelsey. There's only one Kelsey, folks, you know. And then after that, it's like, oh, I want our Kittle. There's only one Kittle. There's only, I would say, a handful of tight ends in this league that are true chain-moving tight ends. Um, I think the Packers could do a lot worse than... Resigning Robert Tunyon and then bringing in uh youth uh at the at the position, I think the Packers may go pretty high in the draft at the tight end group um based on the fact that the Packers offense um I think when they're doing it the way they want to do it, they like to lean on the tight end position quite a bit so all of that being said, um Tunian looked a little stiff, I thought at times last year, but still has the best hands on the team and um I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the Packers are, would be interested in retaining his services, uh, on a team friendly one year deal, um, with the, the thought in mind that, you know, he's going to be out there in some two tight end sets, but he might not be the primary receiving threat, uh, for this team, but he's a guy that can still help you win games, help move the chains. And especially if you have a young guy like Jordan Love looking for, uh, just a security blanket that's going to catch the ball nine out of 10 times. Hell almost 10 out of 10 times, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Robert Tunyon. So I think he's in the Packers' future at the right price on a team-friendly one-year deal.
1: I agree with you. Uh, so Ooh. we're retaining consensus here, Dane. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure
2: I, with that with you. I honestly Yeah,
1: yeah uh, in addition to everything you said, I just don't think that he probably has the market value outside of Green Bay Mm -hmm. that he would for the Packers. Now, I'm not saying the Packers are going to overpay to keep him, but yes, a a short-term deal is kind of what I would expect, again, based on his age, his injury history, um, and everything you said, not only is a security blanket for a young quarterback, but um, for a, a highly drafted tight end that they bring in, uh, it takes those guys time to develop. Tight end is one of the hardest positions in the NFL for any young player to step in and be impactful from day one. Um, even the best take time to develop that position. Um, so for that reason, I think it makes a lot of sense to have. Uh, Robert Tunyon, stick around as a veteran of this mm-hmm. position group, um, and give uh, a little bit of wiggle room and a little bit of time for some of those young guys to step in and maybe expand their role.
2: Yeah, um, no, totally, I love it.
1: Absolutely, Dane, I, I think uh, then, Why don't we stick at tight end? I'm skipping around a little bit here, um, but uh, gotta gotta get our music back on. Uh, this is a true veteran guy again, and I. I think on the surface you say, okay, well, how's he different than some of the guys we talked about before the break, but Dane Mercedes Lewis, Mm -hmm. he's timeless. He's going to be 39 next season, but the Packers have kept him around. I think he's stayed relatively healthy for his age. And I'm really curious, maybe using some of the same logic we just talked about with Robert Tunyon, Could it make sense to bring Mercedes Lewis back for one more season or do you think that he's kind of in uh, the same realm as some of those other veterans we talked about earlier?
2: I think it's time to move on from Mercedes Lewis. Um, love me some Mercedes Lewis, um, but he, he's kind of that sixth uh, offensive lineman out there. He can still catch the ball when needed. But um, I think as the Packers do you have a bit of a youth movement and other spots. Um, I, I've seen a lot of Packer media and national media talk about the possibility that Mercedes is back and kind of writing off Robert Tunyon. I actually flip it around. Um, and I think that Packers are likely to move on from Mercedes Lewis and, and try to um, give those snaps to whoever they end up drafting. Because I do think they're going to draft somebody and they're going to look to get somebody who's going to you know work their way in and get in there. I do think it's either Tunyon or Mercedes Lewis or neither. Uh, I don't think they're both back. But um, I already said I think Tunyon's back, so I think Mercedes Lewis will be gone. Do I think he retires? Maybe, maybe not. I could see him latching on with a team to to go and try to grab that uh, all-elusive ring um, and wish him well because he's been a great Packer the last number of years. But I do think it's time for the Packers to move on, and I think that they're going to move on from Mercedes Lewis.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree with that as well. So, really? I mean, we're kind of kind of So Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's cue it back up again. Um, Another veteran guy, uh, thought he played really well on the defensive line. I, frankly, I thought he outperformed expectations, um, came in, uh, and uh, certainly had some impact games, uh, to be honest with you. going to be uh, 30 years old next season, but he was only a $3.2 million contract this season, and we're talking, of course, about defensive lineman Jaron Reed. So, Dane, could he be back on another short-term deal to be that veteran guy on this defensive line.
2: Man, this is a hard one for me, man. This is a hard one because the Packers do seem to love to bring in a veteran to to every year almost it seems like they bring in a vet to kind of come in and just, you know, pitch in along the defensive line. I was impressed by what he did, especially the second half of the year uh, for the team. He's a stabilizing force on the defense. You can tell the guys like him too. You can tell that he just fit in with the, with the culture in the locker room with the team. If I had to bet, if it's team friendly enough um, you could do a lot worse than Jaron Reed. And I do think they're going to have a veteran in uh, so I'm going to say, yes, Jaron Reed's coming back to Green Bay. The Packers would like to bring him back. He showed enough this year. I think he's, again, going to be relatively an inexpensive signing, but a guy that you're not going to have any issue with if he's getting some real snaps on the defensive line. So all that being said, I think Jaron Reed's back. I do think he's more limited with his snaps this year as they make way for T.J. Slayton and Devontae Wyatt, but I think that he's going to be a nice, solid veteran presence on this defensive line.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on how much you want to pay for a veteran stability gap piece, if you will. Yeah. Um, we don't, What we don't know about T.J. Slayton and uh, Devontae Wyatt, if they do indeed get their opportunity to get a lot more snaps next season, is if they can stay healthy over the course of a 17-game right. season. Um, so you could do a lot worse the jaron reed and the reality is is if if you want a guy like that for this uh, defensive line group does it really make sense to say jaron reed no thanks but we'll go sign some other guy that That's maybe right. you haven't had in the locker room we're more than likely about the same price um i don't think so uh now i i'm not on this one. I could probably lean either way. Um, I think it really depends on how aggressive they want to be in the draft and how confident they are. Clearly, with uh, obviously they're going to be very confident with Kenny Clark, but I think there's as excited as we are about Slayton and Devontae Wyatt getting more opportunities next season. I, I think they still have an awful lot to prove. Um So that would be a pretty big risk uh, in my opinion, if they don't have uh, at least uh, some contingency options within that group as a backup plan to help out as needed. Uh, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that like Jaron Reed wouldn't play. Um, I guess a better way to put it is you need to have uh, someone that you can definitely count on to be stable and from a productivity and performance perspective. Uh, and he's not someone that costs a pretty penny. Um, so I think uh, that as a short-term Packer, um, uh, age notwithstanding, I do see uh, an opportunity similar to Tunyon. Let's bring him back for another year or two.
2: Love it. No, I think that's great.
1: All right, Dana, kind of continuing on here. We're getting kind of on the margins a little bit. So I don't know if mm-hmm. we need to go through the rest of these guys one by one. So I'm just going to, okay, maybe, uh, name this as a collective. Um, but, you know, looking at the rest of this defensive line, um, we, you know, we've got, uh, Jonathan Ford. Um, uh, we've got Justin Hollins. Um, you know, we've got, uh, I guess, technically not defensive line, but I'm just going to throw them in there anyway, Uh, outside linebacker Eric Wilson. Um, So some of these uh, uh, lower-priced guys, yeah, uh,
2: they're
1: all all unrestricted free agents. What do you think, um, any of these guys back uh, trying to compete for on the 53-man roster next offseason?
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll go down the list. I think Jonathan Ford, I would love to see back um in green bay um and i i don't think that he's going to be out there competing for a starting spot at safety uh but could he be a 3 maybe the fourth yes i think he could be he, he they signed him after final cuts to to come in and do some special teams work, but he popped at different times on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that they might be able to get a a pretty good deal uh, for somebody like, like him, because, you know, he's looking to find some stability in his career as well. And I could see him being a nice match for this green Bay team. So Jonathan Ford, I'm a yes to him. Um, I think that Justin Hollins wags, and I'm curious your takes on these, of course, as well. Hollins could be a low, very inexpensive signing. Uh, I thought that he played some pretty meaningful snaps at, at uh once he came over from the Rams late in the year. But there's no guarantee in a roster spot for somebody like a Justin Hollins. I think that the Packers are probably gonna draft another edge. I think like our old pal Ladarius Hamilton's gonna be there battling. And, you know, he he they might be fighting for that last, you know, fifth spot. So right away looking at those two, I think the Packers will probably bring them back, both of them back, with Rudy Ford having a um, better chance on a camp to make the team, but both of them theoretically um, could come back and also make the 53.
1: All right, beautiful. And then um, certainly Dallin Lovett, I think, is kind of in the similar vein. I liked him Warren. this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not a high-priced guy. He's not someone that really got I, I, any defensive snaps, I don't think. I don't I think, think he got one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a core special teamer and was a big part of turning around the special team. So I think it would make sense uh, to, to bring him back. And he's well. a Versace
2: guy too, right? Uh, he came over from the Raiders, so it wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: All right. So we've been kind of skipping around. Dane, we haven't spent much of that that $15 million or so that we kind of predicted in our scenario. Um, so that brings me to Kayshawn Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, this guy, like, he only cost last year uh, $965,000 uh, for a one-year contract. Uh, something tells me his price just went up just a little bit um, here by his performance this year, uh, particularly, obviously, as a return man. Uh, but uh, even in his defensive stamps, I think he proved that he's probably worthy of a little bit of a higher contract structure for what he did out there on the field on I mean, the defensive side of the ball as well. So based on his versatility, Dane, uh, please tell me that the Packers can work something out and um, without being necessarily a, uh, you know, a capologist, numbers-crunching guy, um, how how deep into the pocketbooks do you think the Packers are going to have to go to keep Kayshaun Nixon around?
2: You know, I I've been reading and I'm not sure if you've seen any like, you know, projected numbers, but I've been reading um that some are saying it could be take about 2 year 12 million is kind of the 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 going rate or the number that's been floated out there. There's risk involved, right? Uh, there's risk involved because he was not a return guy really until the Packers took took a chance on him. So, um there's risk. Was he a one hit wonder? Was he this and that, but you, you said it, Um, we were impressed by his play in the slot in a pinch, especially that Tampa game early in the year when he got a lot of run on defense, he looked really, really good. I think I thought on the defensive side of the ball, he likes to hit. He, we say he looks like a missile when he plays defense. Um, So that, and then along with the return ability, I would love obviously to bring Kayshawn Nixon back with the caveat I don't want them reaching and breaking the bank huge for him. And I know that might be sacrilege for a lot of Packer fans after him being such an uh, important piece this year and kind of the fire starter for this team. Love to see him back. Think the Packers can get something done with Kayshawn Nixon. Um, but the question becomes, if he starts creeping closer to $7 million a year, $8 million, you know, and uh, some team really wants to bring in this return guy, I don't know if the Packers can match that. And and that's where it starts to get uh, a little nerve wracking for me. But if, if you're telling me it's two years, $12 million, and we can get creative with the cap and give him a bonus and make sure he's happy, we're happy, then I say, let's get it done.
1: Yeah, and I think some fans could take a perspective, which I, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with, why, as much as we like Keishon Nixon, if you're talking about you know, kind of a reset here. Why pay a return man, you know, top dollar that could, to your point, I don't think he is, but could, to your point, be a little bit of a risk as a potential flash in the pan yeah. uh, when you don't expect to be realistically competing for a Super Bowl next season. Well, I, yes. However, I, I would say there's a lot of reasons because if you're going to put in a young quarterback that hasn't played a lot of football in Jordan Love and you're looking at a new offense um, and you're going to try to be more of a ball control building around the defense team. And hopefully we can still get a big uh, turnaround on the defensive side of the ball, regardless of what we're doing with with number 12, uh, then you're going to be a field position team. And if you can get a guy like Kayshawn Nixon to prove that he can tilt the field a little bit, now that can make a big, big difference in some of these games. Uh, Suddenly Jordan Love and offense, maybe they only have to get the ball, you know, a couple first downs and 30 to 30 yards downfield on a drive to get in field goal position versus having to go. 50, 60 yards to get into field goal position. And so that could make a big, big difference um, for a, a team that's built for defense ball control on a young quarterback that might not be quite as consistent over the long run um so don't get it go get me wrong here packers are going to try to win as many games as they can next year um so if you want to construct a roster uh with players that make sense for the style of play that you expect to be uh competing with next season Um, I think Kayshawn Nixon actually makes a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. um, uh, regardless of how realistic you think uh, it might be for the Packers to be in contention for playoffs or beyond. Um, They're going to want to try to build the best team that they can based on the roster they have. And for that reason, I think Kayshawn makes Nixon is a great fit um, and would be a, a really nice use of some of that uh, money that we talked about freeing up earlier uh, based on some of these moves. So I think he's back. I'd be very comfortable with with a two-year, 10 to $12 million Me deal. Too. And yeah. I think it's probably going to be one of those things where they can structure it where it's probably only like a $3 uh, to $4 million cap number. Yes. Um, and, and, and then, and we're, really
2: a, talking, and and then we're, we're really talking because that's what we're looking for. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It'll be bonus driven based on productivity. That's pretty standard for a guy that's going to be in a position to be a retirement Yeah. And
2: let's not forget, um, Keyshawn's only 25 years old. So there's a misnomer out there. I think some people think, you know, oh, uh, later in career, he popped. No, 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 no. He's 25, man. He's young. Dude's got a long career ahead of him. So that's the other piece of it, why you invest now. And you might get some really good production out of a, a good young man that can play ball.
1: All right, so Dane, we probably used up around let's say ten million so far of, of that money. Um, there's another couple of guys, but the main one I want to talk about that's that's left on this list. He's one of our favorites. He's been on the pod a couple of times. Um, really held down the left tackle position when Bakary was out. Um, moved in in a difficult position, had to play part-time with all of that nonsense early this season, shifted to right tackle in the middle of the season, battled a couple of injuries late in the year. I don't know if fans really appreciated everything that Yash Nyman did for us this season and season before. Um, dude only made 540000 last year. He's going to get a raise, Dane, and he's not going to get David Bakyar type offensive lineman raise or Elton Jenkins Type offensive lineman raise, but um, it seems like there's been a long investment for the Packers in and Nyman, and so I'm just going to jump in. I'd be shocked if they don't do whatever they can to bring him back, as long as it's a reasonable contract for, for the Packers. Uh, but uh, what do you think it will take to get it done? And um, how do you feel Yash Nyman slots into to the future of the Green Bay Packers?
2: Yeah, pay the man. He's going to be, I think that he's a restricted free agent. Um, they're going to probably put a two on him, meaning that a a team... T. He's,
1: uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's unrestricted? I thought he was restricted. Yep, uh, according to what I'm seeing here on Track, he is actually one of the unrestricted free agents So Oh,
2: uh, oh yep. excuse me. I thought I was unrestricted. So, folks, I'll tell you what. If he's unrestricted, they're going to bring him back. If he's restricted, they're going to bring him back. And now it's a man t- is is what it comes down to. But I think that Yash Nyman is probably the future at right tackle uh, for the Green Bay Packers, at least for the time being. And I think that after this year, um, if it's not right tackle, it's left tackle potentially if David Bakhtiari is in the long-term plans of the Packers. With David Bakhtiari's knee injury um, history too, uh, don't be surprised if Yash is swinging around and getting some snaps at left tackle this season if Bakhtiari's back. But th- I think at the end of the day, I think the Packers are going to bring back Yash Naiman. They invested in him. They believed in him. He's repaid that belief uh, by being one of the hardest working dudes out there. He's a good guy. Works his backside off. Pay the guy. Um, They're going to figure it out. I don't know what the figures are going to be, but I've seen around four or five million a year is what I've seen kind of thrown out for Yash Naiman. I think he's earned that. Um, I I think late in the year there was that criticism when he got yanked from that game, but he was hurt. I don't think people realize how how much he was trying to gut that performance out. Um, And then Zach Tom, don't be surprised if Zach Tom's competing even for center. This year, I know he played some pretty good football, but I think his future could be in the interior part of this offensive line. So um, Josh Nyman's back. It just depends on what position he's at, but the Packers are not going to let him go.
1: Yeah, I would see something similar to maybe slightly less than what they did with Billy Turner. A few mm-hmm. years ago, um, a three three year type deal in the, you know, low to mid 20 million uh, total, uh, probably again, structure it so that you're able to kind of front load some of that bonus money, uh, depending on game started, things like that, uh, that would be pretty standard for someone in Yasha's position. And I'll tell you what, that could be a very team-friendly deal for some of the reasons you just pointed out, uh, depending on how big of a role he ends up having uh, in the next year or two. So yeah. I think he is definitely someone the Packers should prioritize, Uh and it won't cost them a, a pretty penny to do so. All right. So, Dane, um, last guys that we have here, uh, last but not least, we've got our our two restricted free agents, and that's Tyler Davis and Chris Barnes. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm curious uh, what your thoughts here are on those two guys uh, as we kind of wrap up our free agency prediction here tonight.
2: Let me start with Tyler Davis, um, core special teams guy. Um, I think that he can come back low dollar amount and compete in camp um i i think that um you know he maybe the 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 local media maybe did him a bit of a disservice last offseason comparing him to Tunyon and maybe hyping him up um more than was necessary, but he's a really good football player. We I love Tyler Davis. Um I think he's a really good special teams guy. I think he'll get a chance to shine a little bit more this year on the offensive side. So that's where I'm at with Tyler Davis. And I really like his blocking ability. That's something that's way under under um um, discussed with him, but one of the reasons I think Mercedes Lewis could go is Tyler Davis is a very good blocking tight end. He gets his nose in there and plays good football. So I think Tyler Davis is back. I'd be excited to have him back in the fold in Green Bay. And then, um, I love Chris Barnes. We've talked about him. He's a gritty football player, undrafted free agent kind of guy who came in and just has done kind of that lunch pail work. But I do think that the inside linebacker position is um, actually kind of crowded. And I can't believe I'm saying that as a Packer fan, but with Devondre Campbell, with um with obviously Quay Walker and then uh, the emergence of um, Isaiah McDuffie and then um, talked about Eric Wilson, who's also a free agent right now, who's a core special teams guy. Um, I'm not sure if there's a spot for Chris Barnes right now on this roster, and it might be one of those scenarios where it's mutually beneficial. The Packers say, thanks so much. You've kicked ass for us. Chris Barnes goes, thanks for the opportunity, guys, but I'm going to go try to, you know, earn a spot on another roster and get some meaningful playing time on the defensive side of the ball, which I think he can do in this league. Um. So I hate to say it, but I think Chris Barnes might be on his way out of Green Bay, but we haven't seen the last of him. I think that he can play at the NFL level and, um, you know, he's going to make somebody really happy on defense.
1: Yep, agreed. agreed on both guys and and we know the Packers love to use uh those compensatory picks uh, exactly. in the 6th and 7th round on 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 linebackers. So expect more of the same on that this year as they refill the the depth at the end of that position group. So all right folks, uh I think that does it. I, you know, Dane, looking at what we did here um, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, we came into it talking about Packers are going to have to get creative again, regardless of whether they bring Aaron back or not, mm-hmm. restructure to free up some, some, some funds. Um, we're kind of leaning towards it. Looks like Aaron's probably going to get traded. That puts them 25 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, even just getting to around 15 million um uh, most of these guys uh at the top that would be more expensive to bring back on sign i uh, think we were in a unanimous agreement yes. uh, that uh they're going to be moving on and probably are not going to be part of the future of the packers um and they're able to uh, really um have plenty i think uh, to you bring back guys like Kayshaun Nixon and Josh Nyman, uh, who can be real solid contributors for years to come yes. uh, with this younger, uh, potentially Green Bay roster. So um, I think that we did pretty well, uh, but now the proof will be in the pudding uh, as we see what the Packers front office decides to do moving forward. But I think it'll be pretty fun to look back in a few months and, and see how close we were with some of these predictions.
2: It's going to be an awesome offseason. Um, this is a team that can you know we they can be competitive. I I strongly truly believe um they can be competitive with Aaron Rodgers, they can be competitive with Jordan Love. Um I think this this is a team that can be gritty, that can get some stuff done. So I'm really eager to see how how things play out over the next few months and we start to see the direction of this Green Bay Packers team for 2023.
1: All right. So folks, thanks so much for Getting weird with us with the yep. darkness retreat tonight. Um and as always, go pack go. Go pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads, go pack go. Ain't sure with no mercy cut and no slack,
0: no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will